welcome back to the last installment of our Advent podcast. Um, today we are going to be talking about the Holy Family, and I have the great honor to welcome our final guest, Miss Sarah Potter, who is my former teammate from when I was missionary at Drexel, and also my best friend. She hails from the great city of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Some might consider it the best state. I don't really, you know, I'm not opposed to it, but, and Sarah is a jack of all trades, knows things about a lot of things, and can do a lot of different things, like construction, which just, I don't know, baffles me. So, Sarah, you want to introduce yourself to the people? Absolutely. Thanks for having me, guys. Um, Like Kate said, uh, her and I served in Philadelphia at Drexel for two years, and um, that's how we got to know each other. And uh, now I live in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I am from. Uh, I am a Catholic school teacher. I teach fourth grade. And another fun fact, I am preparing to get married in June uh, to my fiance, Isaiah. So, Wow. Uh, we love that. And we're so excited for that. Well, we, I mean me, but I assume Sarah and Isaiah are excited as well. But No, yeah, I'm, I'm excited too. <laughs> um, okay, so as always, we're going to open in prayer and read a little scripture. Um, Maria, do you want to open us in prayer? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, may our thoughts, words, and deeds throughout this meeting serve to draw us into an encounter with your Son, Jesus, who became one of us, even as a humble child. Send your Holy Spirit to guide us as we pray and reflect together. May our reflections of the example of the Holy Family give us healing in our past experiences of healing, grace to love our families more fully today, and comfort in the knowledge of your love for us. Amen. Okay, today we are going to be reading from the first book of Samuel, um, verse, chapter 1, verses 24 through 28, if you'd like to read along. Um, so I'm going to read that, and then I also was just looking at the beginning, like, quote that they normally do at each week, and I just also feel a little inspired to read that to center ourselves, so I'm going to read that after, but Okay. The first book of Samuel, chapter 1, verses 24 through 28. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour, and a skin of wine. And she brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh, and the child was young. When they slew the bull, and they brought the child to Eli, and he said, O my Lord, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who is standing here in your presence, praying to the Lord. For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I made to him. Therefore, I have lent him to the Lord. As long as he lives, he is lent to the Lord. And they worship the Lord there. Okay. And, yeah, now I'm just going to read the, the opening quote as well. And it's from... The Prayer of St. John Paul II for Families. So, and we love 
focusing on Paul II because he's a patron of focus, but you know, he left him for other reasons too. Okay. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, and through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may, fi may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love, strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of, of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Wow. Wow. So good. So I just felt inspired to read that mm -hmm. to center our discussion here. But yeah, just going back a little bit to the reading from Samuel. And the one line that really stuck out to me was, For this child I prayed, and the Lord has granted me my petition, which I made to him. Um, and yeah, I was just think about, um, yeah, the power of prayer and how, um, God like fulfills his promises to his people and how, um, yeah, she was praying for, um, I like literally, oh, Hannah, I was like, what's her name? <laughs> Hannah was like praying for a child and God granted that and how for many generations, um, people were praying for a Messiah and he came in the context of a family um mm -hmm. and yeah so sarah what did anything like stand out from you to you from the first like the monday reflections and yeah like how does this like relate to like where you are in this state of life or like your family in general absolutely as you were reading that um <clears throat> i pulled up a different translation and the translation that i have read um, as you live, oh, as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here near you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord granted my request. Now I in turn give him to the Lord. Mm -hmm. And I just, I love that so dearly. Um, and it's been something that I've been praying with lately, uh, as well. Just this idea that, we, you know, we have a family, we've been entrusted uh, to a family and a family sometimes has been entrusted to us if we uh, are called to the vocation of marriage. And it's important to remember that we are firstly the Lord's. Mm -hmm. And, but also I just love Hannah because she was so vulnerable before the Lord. She, earlier in Samuel, it says that she came into the temple and Eli, the priest that was there, uh, like rebuked her because she was like praying so intensely and like crying that he thought that she was drunk and she's like I'm not drunk I'm just so sad <laughs> and she was like I desperately would love a child and love a family and the Lord granted her request and what was her response in trust she gives him back to the Lord and I think that that is just such 
a beautiful witness of what we are to do with our family members, um, whether that's, you know, your children, if you're called to have children and your husband or your wife, or whether that's just with your brother and your sister and your mom and dad, that we give our family members back to the Lord because they're firstly his. Um, and that stand, that stood out to me in questions that we'll probably talk about uh, mm-hmm. further in our conversation yeah. as well. But something also that stood out to me is that Jesus came into a human family. Like what you were saying, Kate, um, that he understands our family dynamics. I think that was something that Sister Miriam said in one of the meditations or reflections. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, that Jesus understands our family dynamics. And this made me think of uh, the genealogy of Jesus, which uh, is a gospel during the time of Advent. I think it's also a gospel on Christmas, but I can't remember. Um, And something that you, Kate, had said before uh, I think it was it was sometime last year, was that there was a moment where you were in Mass and hearing this gospel proclaimed uh, of just sharing all the descendants of Abraham all the way down to Jesus, and you started tearing up um, because it wasn't just this long list anymore of names that we don't understand and don't know how to say, um, but instead it was the human story being told that was messy and there were wounded people, but Jesus came into it. Um, and it reminded me of this, this quote that I'm not sure who said it, but I, it, you know, probably was father Mike because he says such great things. Um, but it was that Abraham trusted God to bring a descendant, to bring him a descendant, but he couldn't have imagined that his descendant a descendant of him would be God himself that God enters human history in the con in the context of a family. Um, and that's how his love for us becomes incarnate is through the family. So I just thought that was beautiful. That's kind of what I was reflecting yeah. on when hearing this. Yeah. I love that you mentioned the genealogy of Jesus as well. And I think that that's something that I, I've, I've never really loved hearing as a child. I remember like going to Catholic school and you know, when we would get into anything, when they started with like a reading from the book of numbers, I was always like, Oh, here we go. Or like, (laughs) and then again, uh, like Matthew, he's got all these names as well. And so, yeah, but to have grown no, like more in, um, my knowledge of scripture and like my knowledge of the history of Christ, like being able to pick out some of these names and like know the story behind who this is and something that um, a priest in a homily told us earlier this week was that there's um, a a history that the Jews loved about the genealogy and they um, were very interested in this, like for that reason, because you could trace back like the the line from which this person came. And so, yes, starting anyone's story um, was started like this, where people were interested in that. And I think that that's like, yeah, I feel like you're gonna say something too. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that's, 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 something that I just thought of too was like. Yeah, not only did the Jewish people love this genealogy, um, but also the very, like, their names even 
were wow. so relational to their family. Mm-hmm. Like Simon Bar Jonah. That's like Simon's son of John or Jonah or whatever it was. Yeah. Like that they their identity was so utterly wrapped up into their family and into their family line and into their tribe and that they understood that they belonged to something that was greater than just themselves. I think that goes to like, sometimes in focus, uh, Curtis will talk about like a trustee family that, that we recognize that we aren't just an Island, that we don't just exist. And we popped up out of nowhere that we exist in the context of a family. And that's also kind of related to the quote that you, that you read at the beginning of the podcast, Kate, um, that, that we, every family on earth gets its name from the father, that, that we inherit that and that we are connected to him and that that is where our identity is. It's that just that connection too. It it goes back so much farther than just, um, than just Christ, even that it goes back into our Jewish roots and into really all the way back to our father in faith, Abraham, and even Adam and Eve. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's just so beautiful. And I think it's something else that I thought about too, is that, yeah, in the genealogy of Christ, like there is brokenness, like you were talking Mm -hmm. about, Sarah, and like there is people who failed and, and messed things up. And yeah, even Joseph, like they, the genealogy comes from Joseph's line. And even Joseph like wasn't the one who was born without sin. It was, Mary and I just like was thinking about that uh in this morning and how yeah the entire line of Jesus up until him is wounded and he comes into this family and heals all of the all of the woundedness that there is by transforming it um through himself and something that I noticed as well in Tuesday's reflection was this one line that Sister Miriam talked about in I think often I can think of the family and oh well I just wish that my family was more like this or I wish that we did that or I wish that I did this growing up and yeah whatever it is um I think that often I can like look outward as I am this way because my family did this and just like kind of find someone to blame. Um, but, and we've been talking a lot about the ways that that can be true for this Advent season, but a quote that Sister Miriam says on Tuesday was um, that the only person that we can directly bring into the realm of transformation with Jesus is ourselves. And I think that like that's something that yeah, to look at my own life and to look at the ways in which, yeah, like my parents are wounded and my siblings are wounded and I'm wounded, but I can't, um, I can't directly like bring them into transformation. I can invite them, but I can't bring them into that transformation. And I certainly can't invite them if I haven't brought myself into that, you know, first. It's like, how can you invite someone to a party that you're not at? So it's like, hey, you should go to that. Like, that's really fun. <laughs> yeah, you can't do that if you're not there yourself. <laughs> um, can you read that that quote again that she says? 
Yeah, the only person that we can directly bring into the realm of transformation with Jesus is ourselves. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah, something something else um, I was praying with this week and um, like kind of relating it to this like reflection um, on Wednesday um, and just like, yeah, the lead up to, to Christmas is like, this idea of having a lot of like uh expectations um for christmas and um i know for myself like i can get very like overwhelmed just like leading up to christmas because there always feels like there's a million things that that need to be done and actually like all all i truly desire is like to be focusing my eyes on on god and what christmas is actually about um but often like all of the other Christmassy things like take precedent over that mm-hmm. um and yet in Wednesday's reflection um it says Mary and Joseph would have had a mix of feelings within within as they traveled to Bethlehem and as it became apparent that there was no place for them in at the no place for them in the inn <laughs> to rest for the evening and for Mary to give birth to the savior of the world. The deep simplicity of the stable and the manger was the providence of God and a saving grace for you and me. In the simplicity, in the darkness, Jesus, the light of the world is born. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was just like praying with that and something um, when I was on retreat, I was praying with was like, yeah, this like travel of Mary and Joseph to Bethlehem and how yeah this wasn't what they were expecting when when um yeah they knew that the baby was coming they knew that christ was coming um and they didn't expect to have to go go to bethlehem and they didn't expect that there would be no place for them to stay um but they you know gave that to god and they're like okay well well this is what we have um and we have this stable and yeah it's not perfect and yeah, it's not, it's not even, you know, nice whatsoever. <laughs> you know, it's pretty far from perfect, one might say. Um, but they were like, this is what we have. Um, and how that's, how that's true of like this time of Christmas too. It's like, yeah, you might not be able to give the perfect gift to someone or you might be, not be able to do everything right like for your family um like in preparing and but it's like yeah this is what i have and it might not be perfect but it's it's what i it's what i have to give Mm -hmm. and just like the yeah the simplicity of of christ being born in the stable and how um that is true of of our own lives too like this this simplicity and this like humble like littleness of like yeah christ was literally born in in hay like (laughs) like you know and how like mary and joseph um were probably feeling a lot of like overwhelmed or or scared or you know they're not only going to be parents which is scary in and of itself but they're like parents to the literal god like they're the savior the messiah like yeah. And that's, a, like, a lot of weight, but they, you know, like, surrendered that to God and said, like, well, this is where we have, this is what we have, and this is what we, you know, this is what you've given us, and we're we're going to make do, and then Christ comes and, like, 
there's peace. They know that like, mm. the Messiah is here. Yeah. Absolutely. That's so beautiful. And also just so humbling that they were entrusted with such a gift. Mm-hmm. Um, and the gift wasn't just to be theirs. It was to be the world's. And just this recognition that they are wrapped up in something that is so much bigger than themselves and mm-hmm. that he is to be for the world. I think a really beautiful um, uh uh, depiction that I've seen of that uh, was I don't, I don't know if any of you have seen the the shepherd from Angel Studios. Um, it was created by the same people who created the Chosen, um, and essentially it's just this retelling of the nativity story from uh, the perspective of a shepherd. And the shepherd kind of like bumps into Jesus and Mary in the marketplace. And I hope I'm not spoiling it forever, but you know, it's literally scripture. Um, but also, uh, so the, he like bumps into them in the marketplace. And, and then, you know, the angels, of course, come to the shepherds and then they run to the place where the child is like is born. And um, he like the shepherd that they bumped into is like looking at Mary and Joseph and the baby. And the other shepherds are like reaching out like kind of that like without asking like that symbol of like can I hold him and they give him to the one that they bumped into and just Mm -hmm. like this I've just I've prayed with this in the past when preparing for Christmas too this recognition that like Mary understood that yes this child had been entrusted to her but this child was to be for everyone and even just that first, even like, you know, we don't know if that's scriptural. We don't know if that actually happened. Um, this was just like someone's imagine, imagining of this, how this may have happened. But she is always giving this child to us, is always bringing us to Jesus and Jesus to us yeah. and giving him away and giving him back to God. And that reminds me of Hannah in the reading too, that she's bringing her son back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to us and that we are called to do that in our own relationships as well, that our our brothers, our sisters, I think I, I may have said this earlier in the podcast, I can't remember, but they're not just ours, that they're, they're firstly God's and that we give them back to him, but we also give the gift of their love to each other and, and that even our love for our family is a witness to the world. Um, yeah, I think that's a beautiful way to enter into the Christmas season. Jesus is for all of us, and it's a great way to to enter into this like expectant waiting. That yeah. Mary is ready to give him to us as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, I love that, and I think that that's just such a beautiful like this idea of the expectant waiting. You know, like the mm-hmm. joy that that is, and I know that for me, I'm a, a pretty impatient person, so the joyful waiting that that expectant waiting is something that every time that I get you know back around to Advent every year the idea of that is so hard for me to grasp and I think that that's something I was praying with a lot um over on our retreat and I think that yeah just this great like great ability to surrender that Mary and Joseph had is kind of the key to that like expectant waiting and that joy is like okay yeah they didn't have maybe they had preferences I'm sure that their preference wasn't to you know have Christ born in a stable um 
But, yeah, I'm sure that they had those preferences, but they're, like, um, yeah, their joyful waiting allowed them not to be caught up in the details of, well, it has to be this way and it has to be this way, and I'm carrying the Son of God. Like, I need to be, like, able to, you know, get him somewhere. But they just, like, know that the Lord, like, whatever is whatever the Lord is giving them, like, whatever the plan is that he has for them is, um, is coming to fruition because, yeah, his wills will always be done. And I just have been praying a lot with that idea of surrender because in, in any situation, um, yeah, it is the Lord's will that's being done or the Lord that's allowing whatever, um, to be done in your life and he wants to use those things um in your own life and also like your family circumstances so yeah and it just requires this this trust that the lord is our father and he is good and that he will bring good out of any circumstance and that includes our family that you know you were talking earlier maria about this messiness and maybe you're like i wish i could change my family i wish things could be different and i'm sure that they felt that way about about this this one night in bethlehem um but trusting the lord just will automatically beget joy and it will beget peace and that there will be once surrender comes the lord is allowed to work in our lives and even just doing that with our family too, I, I've re- I've just come to this realization of my helplessness to heal those that I love because I'm not God. Yes. <laughs> Which you know, thank the Lord that I'm not God. Um, but uh, but just like we in Advent get to enter into this, like we are helpless. We yeah. are allowed to be like an infant, and we are. We just have to be open to receive what the Lord wants to give us in this time. And we are even incapable of preparing ourselves like to receive what the Lord wants to give us. And so we even have to ask him to prepare us. Um, Just this like ultimate humility and recognition that he is in control and that we can trust him. Um, Yeah. It it was something I was telling my students recently too, uh, because I, I told them, you know, unpopular opinion, maybe, that I have been not listening to Christmas music uh, leading up to Christmas. And they're like, why? Like, can't you just put on Mariah Carey? And they're like <laughs> asking, asking me to play all this Christmas music. And I'm like, I will not put on Christmas music right now. And they're like, that's so unfun. And I'm like, okay, guys. But I want you to think, in our culture, when we want something, we just think that we can get it right away. It is really important for you guys to learn that waiting is where we grow in holiness. And it just opened up this, like, beautiful moment where I was able to tell them, like, this is why we have seasons of waiting in the church. This is why, you know, I'm currently in a season of waiting, of waiting, like, preparing for marriage. We need seasons of preparation so that our souls can be fertile ground for the fruit that the Lord wants to bring about mm-hmm. in these next seasons and the seasons to come. And that, you know, reminds me of St. Elizabeth of the Trinity, that there was there were moments in her life where she wasn't able to enter the convent, even though she really wanted to because her mother asked her to wait. And that those were the moments that she was purified 
and prepared for the union that God wanted with her when she did enter her vocation. Um, And just like this importance of waiting and preparation so that we can fully receive the gift the Lord wants to give us in our life. Um, I think it's a beautiful thing to prepare or to think about, pray about when we're preparing for uh, Christmas as well. Yeah, absolutely. And I think um, just a, a couple like notes that I know that this entire Advent season we've been talking about a lot about um, woundedness and a lot about the ways that maybe I'm sure a lot of things have come up in your own prayer and your own hearts about the ways that, um, yeah, maybe you have been wounded by your family and um, wounded by um, your, like, even people that you view as family, like friends. Um, But, yeah, I wanted to just point something out that I don't know if we may have, like, used this language in past episodes or even in this one but just wanted to point something out that one of the national chaplains for focus had called to my attention the other day which is that um there's this brokenness that i think people talk about a lot in in ourselves and things like that and i think that i want to avoid using the word brokenness not i think i do um, cause so father John Ignatius, he told us that he doesn't like using the word brokenness because it means like, it's like something that can or can't be fixed or like has to be fixed or something like that. And, but that's not like, we aren't things that need to be fixed. We're people with wounds that need to be healed. And that's like, what we've been bringing up and wounds take a while to heal and it's not going to be like you can follow a blueprint and all of a sudden it's fixed um but it takes time and pain and mending of of other people's hearts as well and so i think that yeah just kind of going off of that yeah acknowledging that we are wounded, but we're not broken. Um, and then, Kate, I, I don't know, I think, Kate, you had mentioned, like, this idea of littleness, and that's something that I've always, like, thought of, and it's like, what does that mean? Like, what is littleness? And um, something that I've been reflecting on, at least for me, is that I see the ways that I'm little are also the ways that I'm weak. Um, and so I think that the things that cause me to sin the most, um, my weaknesses, are the things that make me feel little. But that's exactly the places that the Lord wants to like come in and enter and be my strength. And I think that, um, yeah, being, being the one to like take on the bigger fights because Jesus is our Redeemer and our Savior. Um, and something that another priest had mentioned this, this past week to us was that there is, um, an opening prayer that is said at the beginning of, of mass in ordinary time that goes something along the lines of the cause 
of our downfall might be the means of our salvation. And I just love that line because I think that that idea of the things that are our downfall or our weaknesses, our sins, um, our sinfulness might be the means of our salvation is kind of the way that I took that personally. Um, and obviously, like, on the, on the bigger scale, what he was talking about was the passion. But, yeah, on an individual level, the ways that the Lord wants to sanctify each one of us is to take our weaknesses and transform them. Yeah, and also how, like, the the cause of our, our downfall was, you know, originally with, with, with Adam and Eve and the original sin and how that happened in the context of a family um, and how Christ, um, our Savior, comes to us also in the context of a family and how mm. our salvation, um, yeah, ultimately comes from a family. Um, and, like, Christ comes to us through this, like, lowly woman who, like, nobody nobody knows and same with joseph um and but like how that's how god chose like our path to salvation is like through this family yeah and through um and how we can see that in, in our own families as well of like yeah our families are meant to sanctify us like mm -hmm. and like kind of what you're saying Lee, is like yeah we have these like weaknesses and a lot of times like our our families <coughs> know our weaknesses more than like any other person ever mm -hmm. and um how that's actually like a good thing because it allows us to be become like sanctified and, and become holy through these like through these weaknesses and learning how to allow christ to like enter into those into those places yeah. as well yeah and like why a family why relationship with other people because that's who God is. God is relationship. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That we, you know, God isn't, again, I don't know who said this quote. It's not me. But <laughs> God isn't a mystery. He is a mystery, but not in the sense that he can't be known, but that he is infinitely knowable. And what we do know about God is that he is relationship, that these three persons in one God exist in such a loving exchange of well, in such an exchange of love that is built on the relationship of all three. And we see this model like a direct icon in the human family that we will not become the saints that we are created to be without relationships and without the context of those we have been entrusted to love. Um, and so it just reminds me of uh, the meditation, I think on Thursday, uh, like you said, that we maybe have wondered why we were placed in our specific families. I think that's something that Sister Miriam mentioned. Um, but, and now in my case, God is forming a new family um, with me and my fiance. And you can wonder, you know, why? Why these specific people? You know, like you said, we could see their weakness and woundedness better than anybody else sometimes. Um, and those little idiosyncrasies that get on your nerves. Uh, but, why these particular people? Because this is the surest way to our salvation and theirs, that we need relationship with each other. We need to be vulnerable and to see each other's weakness because it's in those moments that we actually get to see the unconditional love of the Father and that we're welcome to become like the Father and become like Jesus 
in loving people unconditionally that are imperfect. I think that's been one of the biggest graces and most beautiful parts of this time of engagement uh, with Isaiah and I, that I more than more than any moment before feel like I am starting to really see what it means to love someone who is imperfect, but not just that, but to be loved so well by someone in my imperfection mm-hmm. and to be wounded, to be selfish sometimes and to be um, just not a great person to be around, <laughs> but to have someone see all that and choose yeah. to love me mm-hmm. and not just because they're my family, not just because they have to, but because they love me. And mm-hmm. that is such an image of the father that he sees us in all of our woundedness and all of our sin even not, you know, woundedness can feel like a, a glamorous, not, maybe glamorous isn't the right word, but it can feel like a, a cover-up word, at least for myself, that I'm like, well, I'm wounded. That's why this happened. And that's very true. Wounds cause us to sin in different ways. But, like, also the God and Isaiah, frankly, mm-hmm. sees me in my sin and loves me. Mm-hmm. That that there are things that I wish I didn't do that I do, and I am still loved and that this person who loves me desires my my good and desires my healing um and that is such a humbling thing to realize and to be able to also love someone else that way it it has taught me more than anything else how the lord loves us Mm -hmm. and how we are called to love and i really think you know personally as someone who is called to the vocation of marriage um uh that that is that is the path for my sanctity. That is the path in which I will become a saint is just through allowing myself to be loved in this way and loving in this way. Will I do it perfectly? Absolutely not. But (laughs) this is how I am to become more like the father, which is Mm -hmm. Jesus's desire. Um, And how I am to come to know the father is through becoming more like Jesus and loving the people he has given me this way. Yeah. 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 So good. And, yeah, it's, you know, getting closer and closer to Christmas as we speak. Um, and so, yeah, kind of. Like tomorrow. Like, yeah, tomorrow, <laughs> I guess. Tomorrow in pod- podcast land. In podcast <laughs> land, it'll be tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, and how, um, yeah, what you're saying, Sarah, is like, yeah, God, God loves us and in our sin. And that's why he, he came to us is to. For our, for our redemption and to um, show his his um, unfathomable mercy to us. Um, and, yeah, as we are rapidly approaching Christmas, just to, you know, kind of, you know, bring this all together, is, yeah, we are called to, yeah, bring Christ into our hearts because he wants to come into these places that are wounded and are bro- and we're not using broken and our weaknesses <laughs> um and heal them um and how we should be like yeah waiting in joyful anticipation kind of like what you were saying before maria of like yeah we should be have this excited waiting for christ um and yeah almost like this childlike anticipation of like when we were kids and we were waiting for santa to come uh like yeah christ is coming and that is a cause for great joy because he has come for our redemption and yeah he does that through our families 
and even though yeah our families wound us in different ways um he yeah comes into those places and um redeems them and loves us there so um as we have done every week we have a challenge a call to action um and this week i have two so the first one is to gift two or three family members this Christmas with a small note telling them of three ways in which you are grateful for them. So write two or three of your family members a note for Christmas. Maybe you can like stick it in one of their presents um, as you're wrapping it or just hand it to them or slide it under their door if you want to be like more discreet. Um, but anyways... Um, and my second call to action is probably the more important, I would say. And as Kate was saying, yeah, Christ came for our redemption. And um, a, what better way to prepare our hearts in joyful waiting um, than to go back to him in the sacrament of confession. So, yeah, if you haven't gone to confession in a while if you just went two days ago um i would encourage you to go to confession this week this week of um we know today in podcast land is christmas eve but yeah there's also an octave of of wait christmas, christmas. i was about to say <laughs> easter <laughs> Um, so yeah, praise the Lord. There's such a long season in Christmas that you can go as well, um, during the Christmas season. Um, so yes, go to confession. Um, and yeah, if you don't know, if you haven't been in a while, don't know like how to do that or anything, feel free to reach out to Kate and I. Um, and yeah, the word reconciliation I just love the etymology of it because it was something I heard a few years back and it's the word broken down, re is again, con is with, and Celia is either Greek or Latin, I don't really know, of eyelash. And so, yeah, it literally means to come back again, eyelash to eyelash with God. Um, and so that's what we do. And I just think that, yeah, that's such a, a beautiful way to to enter into the Christmas season, enter into, like, the preparing for and the, the arrival of our Lord. So, yeah, yeah, that's such a beautiful image. It's like to come that close with someone, you have to know them very yeah. deeply. And that you know, like, you're not going to be that close to everyone. That's for sure. So, <laughs> like, it's it's just such a beautiful image you're coming close to the one who loves you yeah. um and yeah that's just such a beautiful image and that's what we desire when we're coming into christmas to come close to the one who loves us and in such like we can be small because christ became small mm. and we can be little and helpless and independent because he became little and helpless and dependent um and that we can trust the lord in the same way and trust the ones we trust our families too and those we've we've been given to love in the same way too mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. all right sarah would you like to close us out in prayer 
I would love to. Okay. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we look within ourselves and reflect on our experiences of family life, thank you for the reminder of your unconditional love. Thank you for giving us the example of the Holy Family, whose unity, respect, and sacrificial love for one another can inspire us in our own family dynamics. Transform our hearts with humility, gratitude, forgiveness, and hope so that we can grow ever closer to you and your Son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Well, thanks for joining us, guys, and have a Merry Christmas.